This is the Implant Games Podcast with Chris and Austin, the show where we talk about old school games, collecting, YouTube, and more. This is episode 63. Do you know what's sad about the CDI? Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Implant Games Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ginthy. With me as always, Austin Mackert. How are you, Austin? I'm good. I'm good. Wonderful. Um... See, I've already brain farted it. I don't know what to say next. Austin, I got you a very special Christmas present this year. <laughs> Pinball for the Philips CDI. <laughs> uh, you actually got me a, a few uh, special Christmas yes, gifts yes, yes. Uh, this year. It was actually really, really kind of you to send me a package because I don't... Did I send you anything? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, That's a couple right. Wii games. That's right. We talked about those uh, a few months back. Yep. But uh, yeah, you actually sent me a package. I don't think we really talked about it yet, and it included a couple thrift store finds, like uh, pinball on the CDI, yes, uh, as well as Dark Castle on the CDI. Ooh. <laughs> I think that's and, a real uh, game. Yeah, <laughs> well, it tries to be a real game. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that a little more later. But uh, you also sent me a couple other things, and one thing I was really appreciative of actually was you sent me a complete in box copy of Super Pinball on the Super Nintendo. Yes. Which I actually had a copy a ways back and I sold it. And I was kind of like, man, why don't I sell it? Oh. And so you sent me one. I was like, sweet. It was a gamble. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know if Austin owns this or not. It seems like something that he would own. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I know you're, you're focusing on, you know, the Dreamcast and a few other things. So I thought, well, maybe he doesn't own it. And I, I think he would like to own it. it it's in decent shape. It's complete. It's a game we both uh, immensely enjoy, even now. Yeah, it's uh, so yeah, it's sitting nicely on my shelf. You know, I try not to uh, buy too many games these days, and I did a little bit of a downsizing myself in the last few weeks. Not a huge downsizing, but some of the stuff, kind of like what you've been doing these last few weeks, trying to sell some games. I did the same thing to try to work up a few quick funds and clean up the shelves a little bit, but. Uh, there's some games I intend on holding on to, and that one I intend on holding on to. So I definitely appreciate that. Awesome. Um, you had also sent me um, a couple PC games. It was uh, Sonic CD for the PC. It was only disc only, but it's cool. Yeah. And then you also sent me the uh, Sonic and Knuckles uh, collection for the PC as well. And you know what was actually kind of funny about those is it was actually right at the right time because I just got... A, uh, an old Pentium-based uh, computer again. Uh, Pentium 1, 166 megahertz. Uh, wow. Blazing fast, you know. 166, that's like yeah. 10 times the power of a Genesis. <laughs> it's like 160 <laughs> times more powerful than an NES. <laughs> it's about 300 times less powerful than the modern computer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, those games actually came at the right time because I, it's a Windows 95 machine and that's what those games were designed for. So, uh, And it was on a Windows 95 buying spree at the time, so uh, I didn't have to buy those games. Sweet. So, thank you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, you mentioned Penball on the CDI and, uh, wow. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, you're probably regretful you actually spent money on that after seeing my uh, gameplay video on it. Did you, uh, did you actually see that? Yes, of course. I uploaded it last week and uh, I sent it to you. What was it? Three dollars? Like, five dollars? I don't. It was do like I five bucks. Yeah. I was like, "This is what your Christmas present got me, mm -hmm. <laughs> or got you, or something." And it's it's a pretty terrible game, actually. <laughs> it's, um, it's so bad. I was hoping, with being obsessed with pinball these days and having actual, you know, pinball flipper skills and knowing what I'm doing, I was hoping that would help me enjoy the game a little bit better. And it doesn't actually help at all. No. You can tell, I believe, I mean, the back of the box that it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. I knew it would be bad. You knew it would be bad, but it's still it's still fun. I mean, to you know, make fun of, not fun to play. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's one of those. I, you know, I don't really make fun of games that much, but this game to me is way more fun to make fun of than to actually play. Like, 
I seriously, honestly think this would make a fun drinking game. <laughs> That's, I mean, <laughs> like, take a swig every time one of the Beach Boys, like, grunts or makes, makes grunts or noises mm-hmm. or something. Like, that would be hilarious. Like, the pinball in the CDI, it's just, it, it's unfortunately the case with a lot of CDI games. Yeah. They're just... Bad. They weren't and made by someone f- that made games. That's for sure. Exactly. They're, exactly. They're bad for a lot of reasons. Uh, and I'm going to say why pinball is bad, but I can guarantee you, many, many, many CDI game, games are bad for the exact same reasons. Okay. Reason number one: really bad animation. For instance, your flippers, and uh, we can link to my uh, my video in the show notes. Uh, the flippers are either up or down. There's no in between. And they look so goofy, just like flipping up and down, up and down as quickly as they can. And it, it just looks like insects fluttering their wings yeah. when you're flipping. And uh, it's it's bad. Uh, two, the flippers hang down at like oh, a 45 degree really angle. Weird. Yeah. It's really, really weird. And then they, they're up super high when they're up at their, their, their highest. Um, two, there's no in-game music, which... Could be a good thing, depending on, you know, what if they actually put music in, but it was terrible. You know, I, uh, there's no in-game music. I can't comprehend how a CD-based system cannot just have Redbook audio playing in the background. I mean, how hard would it be to put music on there? I, I can't understand uh, that. It probably would not have been that hard because lots of other CDI games do it. It's just, simple as that. Yeah. It's just it was it was an early release. The guys, I don't know if it was rushed out or, but uh, but yeah, three. The table designs are pretty awful. Only one table in the whole game actually resembles a traditional pinball layout with like drop targets and upper flippers and stuff like that. And that's actually the first uh, uh, table I actually demonstrated in that gameplay video. All three other tables in the collection are just bad. Like, uh, there's one uh, table based on, like, the Red Baron or, like, World War II airplanes or something. And there's, like, five airplanes at the top of the play field. And that's the entire table. You hit the ball up. It hits a couple planes. The ball comes back down. And then after you hit those planes a certain amount of times, a big plane appears in the center of the play field. You destroy that. And then you just do Do the first process over and over again. Um Interesting thing about that table, though, is you apparently have fuel gauges, and you can run out of fuel, and your flippers will stop working. Awesome. Just try to comprehend that for a second. (laughs) Your flippers stop working. That makes for a good pinball game. (laughs) That would make for a good drinking game. (laughs) You know that pinball game where the flippers don't work? Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the Philips CDI. Yeah. um, And it's just, uh, man... um, it, it's it's just uh, it's bad. The sound effects um, are just basically they sound like canned sound effects from whatever like sound library mm-hmm. Philips probably gave these guys to work with. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of CDI games are the exact same way. They use canned sound effects that are absolutely awful, and they don't even fit the game that they're being used in. Um, Mystic Midway Rest in Pieces did this, but I think it was one of the only games on the CDI where it was passable because of sort of the goofy nature of the game. But everything else I've I've seen these sound effects used in for CDI games is it's all been terrible. Yeah. So pinball on the CDI, probably one of the worst digital pinball games I've ever played in my entire life, and probably will remain to be one of the worst uh, for all time. Yeah. To be honest with you, NES pinball bad. way better. NES, you know what's funny? I actually went and played NES Pinball just a couple mm-hmm. weeks later. NES Pinball is actually really good. Mm-hmm. When you consider when it was made, 1983, for it came out on the Famicom in 83. That's how early this game is. You can actually like drop catch and live catch and cradle the ball and stuff like that. And you can actually aim. The ball will actually bounce off a flipper to the other flipper so you can bounce pass. Uh, this is really crazy stuff when you think about it for an 83 pinball game like you couldn't really do that on any other digital pinball game as far as i'm aware of i mean when i played it and on, the table layout's decent so yeah when i played it on nes remix for the wii u uh, i was actually very surprised it, it looks really basic but it is everything yeah. that everything that's 
part of those tables is real and something that should exist on a pinball table and uh, yeah. works how you'd expect. It's actually really impressive for, for what it is. Yeah, and especially it's this game, that game is, you know, 30 years old now, 31 <laughs> years old now. It's older which than is crazy. I am. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was probably one of the earliest games in the U.S., but I didn't find out until a few weeks back that it was one of the earliest titles in Japan Yeah, uh, years prior before it even came out in America. So that's even more impressive to me. Absolutely. So, so yeah, did you uh, by chance catch any of those other CDI videos? I, I uploaded about four or five of them in the same week, and um, I somehow missed a seventh guest. Uh, I don't know how that happened. Um, Golden Oldies Two, Austin, uh, actually seems somewhat <laughs> interesting. I mean, these are actually don't, games. Don't, don't don't say that. Don't say that. They're games. That, that's bad. They're more game like no, than <laughs> pinball for the CDI. Let's be honest. No, you're 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 absolutely <laughs> right. Gold. Okay, I have to give it to Golden Oldies. These are Golden Oldies 2, there's actually two of them. Um, I displayed uh, Volume 2, and they're basically like retro throwbacks for classic games. Uh, like the first compilation is a space has a Space Invaders knockoff, and then I think a Defender knockoff. Uh, the second compilation, which I demonstrated, has a Arkanoid knockoff, and then a Centipede knockoff. And... Um, they're, uh, I don't, I guess uh, the Arkanoid clone is a lot better than the Centipede clone. The, I assume but even then, you can play Arkanoid with the mouse I, every game. Both of them. Yeah. Both of them can be played with the mouse. And that is actually how you want to play these games. Because yeah. if you play them with the control pad, forget it. You're, it's, it sucks. It is terrible with a control pad. Again, for those of you guys that haven't uh, you know, heard us talk about CDI games in a while, uh, for the CDI, you can use a mouse for every single game in the system. It was one of the only gaming platforms that did that. Um, and actually, most games were designed first and foremost to be used with those analog-style uh, controllers, either the mouse, the rollerball controller, or the uh, the trackball. And, uh, you know, you think Centipede, I mean, the original arcade game, used a trackball anyway. So playing it with a mouse is actually great. This, the problem is the game kind of stinks yeah. at the same time you it's, could tell in uh, your video you know that it wasn't a d-pad like the the way you were moving around the yep. bottom of the screen it, mm -hmm. it felt like you know a centipede on the arcade just the way you moved yep. around oh guess what i was playing pinball with a mouse too I <laughs> 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 although i mean it was just the buttons and that was it but uh <laughs> you did it you said buttons <laughs> All right. So, no, I did watch that, Austin. Again, I don't think there was background music on either of these. Is my memory correct? There is no background music on either of those. and uh, I don't understand is... why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lazy effort again, if you ask me. But they're actually um, games. They're not, you they know. They are actually games. They're not recommendable blah, blah, games. Blah. They're not recommendable games, but they are games. Um, the problem is, you know, they're competent at what they do to a degree. The centipede hit detection is really iffy, um, which makes it really not recommendable. But the Arkanoid clone, the blockbuster type of game, is solid for what it is. Uh, it's definitely the better game of the two. Yeah. But again, it's got the cheap CDI uh, Sound production effects, yeah. qualities. It's The visuals are actually pretty good, especially in the Arkanoid style one. But the sound effects are horrible. Like, it's just every time your ship dies, it's this dude going, yeah. <laughs> every time you die, and you'll hear that over and over. Um, it's, yeah, it gets a little grating. But I mean, graphically, the game actually looks pretty good. Uh, and it's got a lot of power ups, it's probably got a lot of stages and things like that. But it's just, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. The uh, the first compilation is actually worse, though. I think uh, the Defender clone and the Space Invaders clones are not nearly as good as the uh, the other two. So, at least Golden Oldies two has that going for it. So, the but, and uh, I did you? I watched Flashback as well. Oh, you did watch yeah. Flashback? Okay, which is actually for real now a game. Now it is for real now again. In your video, yeah. Austin, I didn't notice much difference um, between the CDI footage and and what I've played myself and other YouTube videos. I don't know if the you know the YouTube compression and frame rate is is making that game look better than it is or not. It is okay. 
It is, yeah. The the frame rate of the CDI version is actually really sluggish. Um, and it also depends. Like, if there's nothing moving on screen except for you, the game still plays pretty smooth. But once you get a couple characters on screen, uh, when you start firing, it starts becoming really slow and sluggish. Um, and and uh, the CDI also has a couple issues. Uh, for one, I found out that the CDI actually has a higher base resolution than like the, the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, basically, I think most other basic, uh, you know, like gaming platforms at the time. So what they had to do is I think they use the original flashback assets in terms of like, uh, you know, the sprites, pixel art, graphics, yeah. sprites, yeah. So they had to put borders on the sides of the screen because the CDI's res- main resolution is higher. So, you know, they're just using the old assets from what I can tell. And the old assets aren't taking up the whole screen because, yeah. <laughs> you know, the resolution's higher in the CDI. So, uh, so you've got these borders on the side of, sides of the screen. And so the picture is actually smaller playing it on the CDI than it is on like the Genesis or Sega CD or something like that. So it's got that going against it as well. Um, the full motion video doesn't look that much better than the Sega CD version, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because the CDI has a really high uh, color palette, and it uh, the full motion video is so choppy. It's just why did they even put it in there? You know, it's it's kind of bad. Um, there's so many sound effects missing from the gameplay itself. Uh, and you can actually hear it in the video. Like, there are these little robots on wheels that are supposed to make noises as they sort of walk up to you. And then there are, like, heads or probes are supposed to come out. Those are supposed to make noises as well. Um, and they don't in this one. All you really hear is your gunshot. And that's about it. So, um, it's definitely a competent game. It's still flashback. And I think flashback is a great game for what it is it's like a hybrid between like prince of persia and out of this world uh really uh neat interesting game even today uh not the remake that game sucks but uh yeah and you know it's still a good game with cdi but it's the last version you'd really want to try to play to be honest with you and the thing is it's probably the rarest version out there so it's like it's the last one you're going to go to anyway so it exists. It's great. The CDI has actually a good game, but it's still too little uh, to warrant a purchase. Yeah, you know. So it's it's a shame, really. Uh, but uh, it is there, and it is on the CDI. So it at least you CDI everywhere. owners can at least say you have one good game, <laughs> yeah. or two or three. I I owned Flashback for the Genesis. Uh, I don't think I spent more than five minutes on it, and uh, I, I just didn't understand the game, and I didn't bother to learn. Um, but watching your video of Flashback actually made me want to go back and, and play through Blackthorn on the 32X. It's kind of that similar... I don't know. It has a similar vibe, yeah. yeah. Where you can, your movements are almost like on a grid, and it's very s- slow-paced, uh, methodical, which I really enjoy. I, I would probably like Flashback yeah. if I gave it a shot. Yeah, flashback is a game you have to understand how it operates. Mm-hmm. For instance, if you hold your run button, I said it again. If you hold your run <laughs> button and uh, you're running, and there's a ledge that you can normally say jump up and grab uh, from down below, if you run towards it and let go of the forward button and you just hold your run button, your character will automatically jump up and grab the ledge for you, which you probably saw a couple times yeah. in the video. And I did not and know that's that. And <laughs> uh, that's actually necessary to know for getting past like the first screen of the second world you go to. It's um, There's a platform that you have to run and jump at at an angle. You can't get down below it and jump up. And uh, I remember getting stuck at that forever when I was a kid. Um, so there's little uh, details like that. Uh, there's also like if you fall down and you land on the ground, right before you land on the ground, you can actually press your weapon button and he'll whip out his gun the second he touches the ground to sort of like prep you for shooting mm-hmm. your enemies faster and things like that. There's a lot of cool little uh, things like that you can do. Um, and then there is uh, just knowing how to sort of play the game. You know, it's you've got to pick up items. You've got to talk to people. It's still kind of it's kind of a non-linear game, but a linear game at the same time. Like each world or each level is like sort of like a mini hub in a way. And, um, 
like on the first level, you've got to talk to this guy and you need to find his teleporter for him, for him. And you go, you find his teleporter, but then you got to go and bring it back to him. So it's kind of like, you're not always just going left to right the whole time. There's left, back to right, back to left. And then you'll progress farther in the stage after that, you know? So, um, the, the thing I always liked about flashback, and if you ever play it again, Chris, I highly recommend getting the Sega CD version because it has in-game music, All right. like uh, background music. Uh, whereas the other versions, they only have music when something of importance happens. Like it'll have a quick jingle yeah. and then that'll be it. It'll go back to silence. Yeah. Um, so the Sega CD one is the ideal one to play because the soundtrack really fits the environments you're in. Um, and that's another shame about the, the CDI version is that it came out, obviously, I think after the Sega CD version, but didn't have that music in it, except for the title screen. Um, so, but uh, yeah, definitely give it a shot if you like Blackthorn, um, but definitely have a walkthrough yeah, nearby too, because yeah. um, Flashback it will have you puzzled for you know periods of time, uh, especially when you need to grab like rocks but they're kind of hidden behind the foreground objects and you only know they're there by walking over them. There's a quick highlight at the top left portion of the screen telling you what the item is. But if you run by it too quickly, you're not even going to notice it. And, uh, but, uh, some items like that are necessary. So, but definitely have a walkthrough. I think you, um, if you like Blackthorn, you'll probably enjoy flashback. It's a very well put together uh, experience. Yeah, I think it was, and it was um, well put together. That's game. even on the Jag, isn't it? Or no, it yeah. is. It, but I don't. It is, but I don't recommend the Jag version over like the Sega yeah. CD one because it too has a couple frame rate issues. Once action starts getting hot, um, it doesn't have the in-game uh, music uh, aside from the jingles. It does have a couple of extra like background effects that aren't in other versions. Uh, strangely enough, which I always found interesting, like on uh, the first screen of the second area called New Washington, you go to. There's like all these tears in the walls and stuff like that. But in the other versions, it's just flat gray walls. Nice. You know? So I always thought that was interesting about the Jag version. There's a lot of versions yeah. of that game, but most of them were pretty identical in terms of gameplay and graphics. So Interesting. Uh, but the Sega CD one's definitely the best, I think. And then, so. Austin, um, I did not watch your seventh guest uh, for the CDI. You're not missing much. What is uh, the it? Seventh Guest is a game the that's that's kind of hard to. The Seventh Guest is a game that's kind of hard to understand until you actually like sit down and play it firsthand. You know, if you're just watching a video of it, especially like my gameplay video, it shows a couple puzzles. It shows a couple areas where I'm moving around the mansion, and then that's it. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard, uh, kind of hard to get an idea of what the game's about, but. Um, Basically, Seventh Guest is in the same genre of full motion video style games or adventure games. They're not necessarily just re relegated to full motion video based ones uh, like Mist, where you're wandering around a, a, a set area. For instance, in Mist, it's, a, it's an island and then you can sort of teleport out into other worlds. In the Seventh Guest, you're stuck in this mansion and you're trying to solve this ultimate puzzle this guy gives you or something like that. And uh, you go from room to room and uh, he's basically giving you puzzles to solve and stuff like that. And you see a couple of them uh, in that video. And once you solve a puzzle, you know, another room will unlock or something like that. And another puzzle will become available. And it's, it's all mind teaser puzzles. Some are really, really difficult and uh, very frustrating actually. But uh that's basically the gist of the game. It's a semi-horror-themed game. Uh, I think it was meant to be really scary back in the day, but it actually just comes off as being cheesy for the most yeah. part. Um, but what I do like about the seventh guest is that the pre-rendered visuals still look pretty good, even today. Uh, and especially in the CDI version, they, they redid the, the visuals. And this is one of those games that requires the digital video cartridge, uh, which was basically... Uh, you know, a video decoder, plus it added uh, extra RAM to the system. So games that took advantage of the digital video cartridge were generally, they generally looked a lot better than your stock CDI titles, and they were definitely some of the better games in the system. But uh, The Seventh Guest was one of those showcase titles for that add-on. 
Um, uh, the CDI 7th Guest, though, I still don't really recommend it over, like, the original PC version, which you can get on goodoldgames.com now, um, is because there's a lot of load times, and you can, you can see it in the video where, like, I'll click on something and it'll pause for, like, two seconds, and then the video footage will go and you'll start moving around the house. And it's like that every time you need to turn or click on something. Uh, a lot of the puzzles also are lacking pretty much all their animation from the computer versions. And when they do have animation, they're extremely sluggish and choppy. Um, it's it's kind of frustrating, actually, after playing the PC version. And uh, the CDI version, you know, it's got really nice-looking full-motion video, better than the PC version, but... It's also got tons of load time that's not in the PC version. And it's also missing a lot of puzzles. Um, it's missing a lot of interaction with a lot of rooms. Um, some pretty, pretty big major ones as well. So um, can't really recommend it these days. If you're, if you're going to try to track it down, I'd, I'd say just buy the PC version and play that. Uh, if you're going to actually try to play the game. But... Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll ever own a CDI unless it's you know one of those goodwill things where it's sitting there for fifteen dollars. Um, is there any good CDI games or uh, you know like a a showcase title for the system? Well, the problem with the CDI and this has kind of been brought up with Flashback, and then I like to further cement that fact with the Seventh Guest is that. The CDI had some showcase titles, like past tense. The seventh guest was the showcase title I would have recommended 15 years ago. But times have changed so much in terms of like what we expect out of our games that uh, logically it just makes no sense for me to recommend it to anyone. Because again, like I said, you can play the PC version with no load problems and no puzzles missing and no requiring a CDI or something yeah. like that. Um, it had some good games like that. Um, I'd say the, probably the biggest showcase title that everyone talks about is Burn Cycle, which is another full motion videos uh, game with puzzle elements. And it, it's just got this cyberpunk uh, type of universe, which is really cool. Um, and that game actually holds up pretty decently. It's got some like fake light gun shooting segments and stuff like that. And it doesn't even require the digital video cartridge, which is surprising because it actually looks pretty impressive for the system. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, it's got this platformer called The Apprentice, which every CDI fan rants and raves about. But realistically, it's not that great of a game. If it was on game. a different system, um, nobody would care. If it was on a different system, no one would care. Exactly. Um, and basically what The Apprentice is, uh, what I would recommend actually doing is, is checking out Seb, a.k.a. the Half Blind Gamers um, YouTube channel. He's got a Let's Play of the entire game. And basically it's this vertical platformer. You're constantly going up uh, uh, these these big, long corridors. And, um, you know, it's got some cute platforming. It's got some great graphics. It's actually got music in the background and sound effects running at the same time. What's it called again? Um, the sound effects actually... Uh, the Apprentice. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to interrupt your flow. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> and it's The Apprentice because there's actually two games called Apprentice on the CDI. One is just Apprentice and one is The Apprentice. And The Apprentice is the platformer. Uh, the other Apprentice game I haven't even played, so I don't know what it's like. Um... But yeah, that's definitely supposedly one of the showcase titles for the system. A lot of CDI fans also call games like uh, Lucky Luke showcase titles, but I had Lucky Luke, and I honestly was, I felt it to be rather mediocre. Uh, it had huge sprites, but it ran so slow, and at like a choppy frame rate, and character sprites were so large that it was actually difficult to dodge and play right. It was just, I didn't think it was very good, to be honest yeah. with you. But uh, CDI, CDI fans rant and rave about it. Um, but that's the interesting thing about the CDI as well, is that the user base is small, but people have a tendency to, I think, overstate the greatness of a lot of the games in the system. And perhaps that's due to having growing up with the system. I mean, you Sounds always like the jig uh, look at systems differently. Sounds like the Virtual Boy for me. Like, I love the Virtual Boy, but I... 
had one back in the day. I bought all the games for it. I enjoyed the games. Um, maybe they really are bad. Every game, every review I see of the Virtual Boy knocks it. They don't even mention you know, the games, which uh, is mostly Nintendo, mostly well, quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of others, like Red Alarm, were some favorites for me as well. And Galactic Pinball, oh man, <laughs> that was a great game. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's that nostalgia talking, but like you, like you said... For instance, like if The Apprentice was on a different mainstream system, no one would have played it, you know, or it would have been one of those games that it might have sold okay, but it, it just wasn't really, um, I don't know, just didn't, I, just I don't mediocre. know where I'm going with that. Um, but yeah, compared to everything I mean, else. Cool game. <laughs> I recommend checking it out if you have a CDI, and I think it does uh, need the DVI cartridge, sorry, DVC cartridge to uh, get the most out of the game, I think some some levels won't load or some music won't play or something like that if you don't have the digital video cartridge. But yeah, that was... Uh, My local... Yeah, the CDI was a, a bit of a shame, unfortunately. I, I really wish it was a better system. Like, I really wish it had some truly fantastic, mm-hmm. like truly AAA quality games that... We look back at today and say, man, yeah. that game is well, awesome, even 25 like years City, later. the Sega City, the 32X, the Jag. I mean, they, they're they stinkers, but there are some truly amazing exclusive titles that make it worth tracking down. At least, yeah, at least on those systems, there are some amazing AAA exclusives. Now, the CDI does have some other good games, too, and I think it excels mostly as uh, at the adventure genre, either full motion video or just regular point point and click, click, moving characters around. Yeah. um, I think it excels the most at that genre, but... Those games don't age as well. How many people into... Well, they don't... It's not that they don't age as well. It's that I don't think that many people are into those specific uh, types of games anymore, especially not in the the quote unquote retro gamer community right. it's that genre even back then it was kind of niche for uh, mainstream game platforms you know even Sega CD had Monkey Island and Willy Beamish but it had Rise yeah. of the Dragon eventually but it didn't have Snatcher I don't know that was that was a genre that uh, always remained kind of niche on uh, consoles. There's actually a pretty popular genre in the PCs, but PCs have a keyboard and a mouse by yeah. nature. The games generally ran a lot better on those systems. Like Willy Beamish on the Sega CD was painful to play. There's so much loading in that game. But on the PC, it's nice and quick and brisk. And generally in the PC, you've got all these voice acting and stuff like that that really enhances the experience. Um, so the CDI has some games like that, which I think definitely helps its case. But we're into action games. We like racing games. We like arcade-style games. You know, we want quality platformers, and the CDI doesn't really have that. I mean, in the games it does that qualify are... They're not the AAA quality Sonic the Hedgehogs or Super Mario Brothers or Mega Turricans or something like that, you know? It's... Yeah, when I yeah at Goodwill, sad. that's you where know. I picked up uh, pinball, and then what is it, Dark Castle? Um, mm-hmm. And then alongside those two games were like you know seven encyclopedias and two atlases or something like that. The yep. only the most interesting thing, Austin, because I've never really seen a lot of CDI software. I don't know why this you know all of a sudden popped up at uh, at Goodwill, but uh, the packaging is actually really unique. Um. Uh. Well, it depends. Uh. There's actually not all of it. A few different styles <laughs> of packaging. Uh. The games you sent me were in these really long cases uh, with slip covers on them, and they open up and reveal the disc and some extra material. Um. But games would later be shipped in standard okay. jewel cases. But what's interesting about that is the jewel cases were customized to where the CD tray insert actually had a CDI emblem uh, etched into it on the uh, on the spine area. And then even those jewel case games came with slip covers as well that would slide off, just like the long box big yeah. releases. And that was one of the only consoles that did that. It was probably the only console that did that, now that I think about it. 
um, for every game. Like, uh, it wasn't just like for special releases, like you saw on certain Saturn and PlayStation games. It was every single CDI jewel case game had the jewel case and uh, a um, uh, slip guide on it. And uh, so, and then in Europe, what was interesting is they also had some really big box PC style box games. For like, I want to say Flashback was one. I think they might have even had one for Seventh Guest. Um, it was uh, kind of interesting, if yeah. you ask me. So, um, the uh, the Neo Geo CD, and it seems to be very random. The uh, they come in what looks to be normal uh, jewel cases, um, but sometimes the front lid actually has a little Neo Geo emblem etched on them, and sometimes it does not, and it's. Well, no, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's sometimes it does not. I think it is, uh, the jewel case has been replaced because no, it broke I've, and there's no replacements for it. I've actually open sealed product and it, they're just not there. And then really? with speaking with the huh. Neo Geo community, nobody's ever been able to, to figure out any sort of pattern to it. Like legitimately some games had it and some don't. And I can confirm that, you know, by opening sealed product, I, I have no idea why it's like that. Yeah. It's very strange, you know, unlike the CDI, okay. which was consistent. So, you know, I, I'm sure that's happened as well, Austin, where, you know, someone, you know, dropped the case, cracked the cover and, you know, just put a different one on it. It's, it's very hard to notice. I, I don't even, I don't. I think I own these games for at least a year or two before I even noticed some of them had that etching on it. It's so faint. You know what I find sad about the CDI? <laughs> everything. Because <laughs> I brought it out. Well, aside from everything, <laughs> is that um, I brought it out for that gameplay recording session. It wasn't even a recording session at first. I was just trying to enjoy my CDI games, and I wasn't. And I was like, well, I'm going to record some gameplay footage then while I'm here doing this and melting my brain playing these crappy games. Um, is I boxed it up three or four hours later and I said, you know what? I think I like the Apple Pippin more, <laughs> even though it has barely any games yeah. on it. The problem is it has some good games like Shockwave and uh, Marathon and... Uh, Tropic Island Pinball, which I played the crap yeah. out of, and the CDI doesn't even no. have that. It's just the Pippin's got three really good games, and it basically stops the CDI library, which has a lot of average to mediocre games, and even those average to mediocre games can't make up the difference yeah. for those three really solid games on the Pippin. I mean, that's pathetic if you it ask was, me. Uh... I mean, it could just be taste, but. Uh, yeah, I was reading up on it too. It seems like Philips made the the hardware up until 1998. Yep, yeah, which is just mind blowing. The year you know, that's the year the Dreamcast came out in Japan. Yeah, once the uh, one of the games I, I recorded footage of, and you're going to see that uploaded uh, by the time this episode is uploaded, is uh, Zenith for the CDI, and uh, that's an interesting kind of game. Uh, there's actually some interesting scrolling and scaling that happens in that game. It's definitely one of the more impressive games, also one of the rarer games, uh, and it came out in 1997. And wow. um, I look at the game and I think, this is a decent game, aside from the canned, crappy CDI sound effects that we've talked about earlier on in the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. That would have been amazing probably in like 1991 or 92. Like, if this game came out back then, I think it might have done decently. But 1997, I'm thinking to myself, like, we were playing GoldenEye by this point or something like that. Yeah. You know, something crazy. Like, I was already religiously playing Quake every night, you know, when this game was out. I mean, and like you said, the Dreamcast came out a year later. Uh, mm -hmm. It's, uh, wow. I mean, it's great to see Phillips supported it. And the reason I think they supported it, it was that it wasn't just a gaming console. The CDI was meant to be a platform to to cater to a lot of markets. I mean, it was clear that they shifted focus towards the video game side of things a little a little more seriously towards the mid '90s, which was too late. I mean, yeah. PlayStation and Saturn were out by that mm -hmm. point, and it was just like there was a they had a Namco compilation in 1996. And it, it was it was not that great either. 
It was. I'm gonna. Yeah. Re- I recorded a, a gameplay footage of that, and that's gonna be uploaded as well. Namco Museum had already come out on PlayStation. It was like, I can't even <laughs> think or imagine why they even planned these projects to begin with. It just doesn't make a lot of logical sense. I mean, yeah, they were catering to a small, uh, you know, base of users that actually purchased the system, but. Um, yeah, man. What was the point? Yeah. I think they the the Wikipedia article anyway said they lost close to a billion dollars when it was all said and done. Yeah. I mean, it definitely they had so many different models of the CDI, um, you know, which goes to show how it was designed not just for the gaming market, it was for the educational market, for the uh even the working DJ had um there was a model or or two based around allowing uh DJs to host like karaoke nights and stuff like that on it, you yeah. know, with like actual monitors that would come with it to display the text and stuff like that. Um, I mean, there's so many different, oh. different models, and uh, that's where uh, a lot of fans of the system also uh, they're they're sort of apologists for the system, as they say, "Oh, it wasn't designed to be a gaming platform, but it still kind of yeah. was." For certain models, that's how it started. That was where the whole Magnavox model, those Magnavox models were geared towards gaming, and it, it, the platform just all, it's not a good gaming platform. Simple as do that. Do all CDIs play uh, other than the uh, the MPEG card or whatever it's called? Do all CDIs play all CDI games and have controller ports and all of that? They they do. Um, although I have a, a, a Kyocera. Uh, Pro 1000S, which is one of the models, pretty rare model actually, and it was it's used for it was used for the karaoke purpose. Um, really nice looking little slick thing, by the way, with like a really uh, tough like exterior, which was really cool. Um, but it didn't work right with any of my games. Like when I popped in Zenith, it showed like the menu overlay on top of the play field or like the GUI. But it it or the heads up display, sorry, but uh, it didn't actually show any of the the scaling or the, or like the general gameplay playfield. But I could hear the sound effects happening, so I don't know if it's something wrong with my system or maybe they dumbed down those specific models uh, because they were geared for one purpose mainly. They were geared for that working man's scenario, you know, the yeah. the the club owner or something like that or a bar owner. It's uh. So I don't know. I, I, I've got to test more games with it and see what happens with it. Um, but I found that to be kind of interesting. I tried a couple games like Lemmings. Um, like I want to say, the Lemmings. Is would- Lemmings on the CDI disappointing as well? Uh, it it is and it isn't. It's it's playable, <laughs> but it's very uh, sluggish in terms of like once a lot of in- Lemmings start doing things on screen, it really slows down to a crawl. Um, which is the bad thing, but you can use the mouse with it, uh, and it does have, I believe, the uh, CD audio, which is good. So, but uh, man, we've talked about the CDI for a long time in this episode. I don't actually <laughs> think we've ever discussed the CDI before. I don't think we've talked about it that much either. I think we've talked about like the mouse and like yeah. how games work with any pointing device, but I don't think yeah. we've really talked about the CDI either. Uh, as as a In system, the, yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah. I don't know if there's too much else to talk about, though. I mean, it's got a lot of full motion video games. The games that use the digital video cartridge really do look great. I mean, the full motion video is super crisp with the digital video cartridge, but uh, only specific games took advantage of that. It's not like the DVC would work for old games and enhance old games or anything like that. Um. But uh, and you and you know with Burn Cycle, it makes me even wonder why the DVC was required in some cases to begin with, because it just seemed like uh, Burn Cycle did a great job without the added RAM and and you know uh, decompression and stuff like that. So it makes me wonder who actually like worked on the system, like how knowledgeable these people were, and uh, or Phillips just couldn't pay up for like really really high quality developers you know yeah it's i heard a chicken and egg thing yeah i heard that the hardware was difficult to work with though it's not i don't think it was 
conventional and uh the hardware definitely supposedly was uh, it's not the most powerful system out there even when it came out i don't think it was all that powerful so yeah. i mean even wouldn't this, surprise me yeah phillips you know wasn't a game you know hardware manufacturer they weren't a, a computer manufacturer so and they the, didn't have the those types was, of engineers. The CDI was fine for, I think, the market they initially went for, which was the educational market. You know, reference, media, and education. The hardware was fine. It just needed to be able to stream some images, house a lot of information, like the uh, Compton's Encyclopedia. That's actually still kind of interesting to go and, like, scroll through. But, like, that's not why I have a video game system. And especially not now when... We've got the power of the internet at our fingertips. <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, 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 Wikipedia, right? But uh, it is still interesting to go back and go through those discs. They've got like a bunch of art discs and things like that um, that show real artists' paintings and things like that and works. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, I think it was cool for the, the markets they were aiming for, but they also wanted to go for the gaming markets as well. And that was, uh, that I think, definitely backfired on them. So nice. Uh, Austin, something we used to do, um, which we haven't done in a while, um, is talk about uh, new YouTube channels that we've discovered um, that aren't very popular and uh, are probably worth somebody's attention. Um, So, something I was going to bring up uh, two weeks ago, but forgot about uh, is a show called Bullet Heaven HD. And the uh, the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash, uh, looks like S-E-R-R-A-X-O-R. And uh, I'll shoot you a link um, in Skype right here. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, the videos are a little overproduced, um, but they're, they're very high quality. But the reason I find this interesting is they pretty much... Any new 360 or PlayStation or any uh, shmup that's released, uh, they will eventually do a video on. And uh, the main show that I like is the the Bullet Heaven HD. Um, and uh, f- yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys before, Austin, or watched any of the videos before. I think they, uh, I want to say that... Uh I want to say they post some of the shmups forums, um, shmups.system11.org, and I, th- I want to okay. say I've heard about them there. Um, but uh, I'll keep this up uh, for later tonight. But and like I'll take a any, look at it. any 360 shooter, you know, that they've reviewed, and that's actually, uh, I've actually found it very helpful because uh, I'm not a modern shmup guy, and uh, Caves scoring system or rule system or or even how to play the game isn't immediately obvious to me yeah you know uh, i'm used to just okay you shoot something and it goes down and then you shoot the next thing and uh you know your gun gets bigger um and cave modern cave games uh, are significantly more advanced than that you know once you start getting to you know reflecting bullets back at your enemies i i really just can't quite wrap my head around it um, so watching these videos has actually kind of helped me a lot in just understanding what the heck is going on. Yeah. Um, but it, it appears to be a married couple or maybe they're just friends. I don't really know. Um, but the the production quality is very, very high. And the, actually in some parts, there's just too much of it, too much fluff and not enough. Just, you know, you've seen my videos. I, I like things very simple. This is the game. This is my thoughts. And, you know, I just crammed a 10-minute video into six minutes because that's how I like to watch my videos. Yeah. Um, so there's is a bit on the opposite side, you know, uh, a 10 minute video might have two and a half minutes of fluff, but, uh, I mean, a lot of these videos only have a couple hundred views and they're significantly better, you know, than, than what's out there on YouTube. And Austin, I think you'll, you'll be rather impressed. Okay. Um, but any modern shooter, Xbox, Dreamcast, um, every once in a while they'll do a, a retro video on something, you know, on the NES or something like that. Um, but really, really great video, and we'll have the link up. But uh, if you don't visit the website, it's youtube.com slash S-E-R-R-A-X-O-R, or search for Bullet Heaven HD. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for uh, pointing it out, and uh, I'll definitely check that out later tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, after the last episode's uh, binge, Austin, I, I must admit I don't have any other games to talk about myself. 
<laughs> well, uh, since the last episode was pretty much all you talking, I guess this episode will pretty much be all me talking. All you talking about um, the CDI. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm getting sick of my stomach thinking about it. Yes. Uh, we've talked for 40 minutes about the CDI. You'll um, have to... Yeah, go to the emergency room or something. Yeah, I'm sorry if I make anybody faint out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I really didn't mean for that to happen, but... Uh, this is probably the most informative 45 minutes of, of CDI talk that exists on the internet, I, I would have to imagine. <laughs> Actual talk, perhaps. Uh, yeah. There's a lot... Actually, you know, I don't, I don't want to dog the CDI and make it look like I absolutely hate it. It's just, I, I'm at this point where, like, a few years back, I really got back into the system, and, but now time is limited. I had I want to be selective about what I spend my quality-free time with, and I just felt really bad having spent four or five hours a few weeks back with the CDI, because I didn't get any ounce of enjoyment out of it. Not yeah, any you ounce. You your five-hour return. I played a lot of games, too no enjoyment out of it <laughs> and not to mention the system has this really 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 awful mechanism built in not really mechanism the battery and it's called the timekeeper and the problem with the cdi is that these timekeepers were pretty much designed to eventually die and then uh, once these suckers die uh, your system starts acting haywire and so my timekeeper likely died 15 years ago. And with my Magnavox CDI 450, or actually 550, which is a really solid model. It's the model you'd want to get. It's got a digital video cartridge built in. Every time I go to put a game in after the system had already been powered up, it won't read the disc because the timekeeper is totally screwing with how the system operates. I can no longer uh, save data. So if I want to try to run through the seventh guest, <laughs> well, that's not happening. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically, essentially what happens is if I pull the system out of the closet, I can put a disc in, it plays it. But if I leave the system powered on or just power it off and it's still plugged into the wall, put a different disc in, power it back on, it won't recognize the disc. It takes me to the memory manager, which says the memory is full, even though there's nothing in memory because yeah because so you the CD can't save to it <laughs> yeah the cdi also has problems like that and there's no way to get around it without uh there's like different hacks for certain models of the cdi where you can uh solder in like an actual battery holder like a lithium battery holder to fix yeah. the problem but uh, I'm not about to try that on my 450. I don't want to crack it open and ruin something. Um, so, I mean, the CDI even has problems like that, which makes it even less enticing to spend time with. Because while I was recording all these gameplay videos, every time I turned the game off, I had to unplug the power cord from the system and let it sit for a minute, let the RAM clear out 100%, because, you know, when there's no power to it, that's what happens plug it back in, rinse and repeat, and I had to do that for like every game. And it's, it's frustrating. And when the games aren't good enough as it is, it's just not... I just think in this day and age, uh, 2014, it's just not worth dealing with, unfortunately. And it's sad because I think the CDI could have had some truly great games, and I think it... it uh, you know, there's that... Um, but what I really wanted to say was that even though I, I've spoken really negatively about the platform, and this has been in a quote-unquote informative episode for us, is that there's still some great sources for CDI information. And to be honest, I think that's probably where most of my enjoyment with the platform lies these days. It's just more the novelty of knowing what's out there for the system as opposed to actually spending time and playing these games that are on the system because most of them just really aren't very good. But uh, you can actually go to, um, uh, let me find the link for it. Um, much like the uh, the 3DO Zone forums I visit, uh, it's actually hosted on the same, uh, well, host as the CD Interactive web forums. And um, with that in mind, um, the guy that runs the CD Interactive forums, uh, he actually runs this really, really educational 
CDI blog. And it's pretty much one of two maybe sources for CDI information, and that's it. Um, so I highly recommend checking out this guy's blog. His name is Bass, or B-I-S, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Uh, he's actually, when I did my CDI mouse review a few years back, he actually posted it on there as well. So you might even stumble across that. Um, lots of really neat information about the, the platform and accessories that you, you'll never ever see. Uh, lots of really good information. I mean, there's stuff like uh, magazines, like there's a CDI magazine back in the day. You know, they'll have scans of all the really rare games and things like that. It's just... Uh, I think that's kind of where I find more interest in the CDI these days. I think gaming on it is just, it's a hopeless cause, to be yeah. honest with you. Unless you're truly a diehard adventure game fan. Everything else is just going to seem underwhelming unless you're either an apologist or crazy. <laughs> so if you're one of, two, one, one of two of those or both, then you might actually really enjoy the CDI. But we're not, so... We don't. <laughs> I hope I didn't sound too arrogant about it. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I'm looking through the blog now. So, uh, yeah, definitely interesting. Not so much fun to play. Yeah. Weird. Buy a 3DO. You'll get much more enjoyment out of it. Yeah, even the 3DO is just kind of worn thin on me lately. Um, but it's definitely a, a legitimate gaming platform. It's got some legitimate games, some that could be considered AAA quality, like Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. You know, phenomenal port of the game for the time period it came out. And still great to play today. Uh, but uh, even the 3DO has some of what made the CDI bad, but it also had some of what made other platforms good, you know. You know, 3DO is definitely a much better platform than CDI. But, uh, yeah. All right. I hope I didn't offend any of my uh, 3DO fans on here. <laughs> and 3DO friends. Eh, maybe uh, someday we'll get to do a, a 3DO episode. You owned a 3DO, right? But not very long? Uh, I owned it for a long time, uh, but I, I, I barely played it. Okay. I think I had the most fun playing uh, the original Need for Speed. And... Uh, uh, that's about it. That's all I really remember. <laughs> I owned a couple games for it, but it it felt like the the good games were more trouble to obtain than they might have been worth. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about the uh, the 3DO is you can just copy your games. Uh, yes. I mean, that kind of you heard it really here, folks. If you're really <laughs> yeah, if you're really into the uh, the collection aspect, it's. Uh, Maybe not worth yeah, it. Yeah, maybe not worth doing that. Um, yeah, I don't but, know. Uh, if you're if you're up for just playing the games, then uh, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. So, but uh, you know, aside from that, though, Chris, you know, I did want to talk about some other stuff, but man, it's we we trailed on for so long about CDI. I don't know if I can. Um, <laughs> I did I did pick up the new Donkey Kong Country for the Wii U. Excellent. Uh, it's called Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. And it's excellent. It's AAA caliber stuff here in terms of platformers. It's uh, probably one of, if not the best Donkey Kong Country game ever, like as far as the platformers are concerned. Um, it's great. Uh, excellent side-scrolling action. Gets pretty difficult pretty quickly, which is good for someone like me. Um, great graphics, great music. Uh, three different tag-alongable characters now. You can do two players at the same time now. Um, lots of like hidden stages and stuff like that. Lots of stuff to unlock. Uh, great, great game. Anyone with the Wii U, I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah. Came out at the end of February, but I didn't pick it up until uh, last week. So I will but, pick it up uh, after I beat uh, Super Mario 3D World, whatever it's called. Okay. Did you? How long have you had that? I don't know. Since Christmas. Oh, did you? I couldn't even remember you getting that. Maybe you told me, and I just yeah. totally forgot. No, I've beaten the uh, the launch Mario game a few times, and I've played the yeah. uh, the downloadable content uh, NES remix and uh, Lu Doctor Luigi, um, but not. Uh, I've only I think beaten the first world of uh, of 3D World. Okay. Yeah, you got to get on that. That's. Yep. Uh, that's a great game. Yes. Very, very good game. Yes. So, 
Before I add to the Wii U collection, uh, I told myself I need to, to beat that. I uh, I did pick up a couple Saturn games. Uh, well, not a couple. Well, I picked up one mainly. I picked up uh, Darius Gaiden once more. Uh, this time the Japanese version, so it doesn't take up five feet in my gaming shelf. And uh, <laughs> I've been uh, playing that. It's uh, hard as hell, but I've been trying to figure out the game more than I did, um, you know, back in the day. I used to play Darius Gaiden a lot, and uh, really, really solid shoot 'em up. Although extremely, extremely difficult, and uh, some great graphics, some decent uh, music, some awesome graphical effects. Um, Really, really fun gameplay. Uh, definitely way, way better than any of like the the previous Super games Nintendo. in the series. <laughs> uh, way better than oh god, it's on totally different level. We're talking like, we're talking like going from like, I don't know, uh, a Space Invaders knockoff on the CDI to like uh, <laughs> Musha or something. It's right it's like w- way, way better. Um, maybe Musha wasn't the best example because you hate that game. I but, like uh, that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also picked up um, uh, Mega Man X4 on the Sega Saturn a few weeks back. And uh, that was actually a game I had back in the day. Um, played the crap out of it. So I played the crap out of it again when I got it. Again, recently. I beat it twice in one day, actually. Nice. Um, one of the best Mega Man X games, I think. Uh, if not the best next to Mega Man X, the original. Um, after that, I bought Mega Man X3 for the Saturn, which was Japanese import only, never came out outside of Japan on the Saturn. So, so it was called Rockman X3. Unfortunately, I wasn't nearly as impressed with that. I mean, I had played it in the past, but I figured I'd try to revisit it since I just played through X4, and um, I was hoping I would like X3 a little more, but I ended up not. It's kind of average and mediocre, I think, for a Mega Man game, Um, which is really, uh, I don't know, shocks me how expensive the Super Nintendo version is now because I just really don't think it's a very good game compared to the other Mega Man X games. Um... Aside from that, I and uh, aside from Thunder Force 3, which I had mentioned previously, uh, I picked up Hellfire for the Sega Genesis. And uh, funny enough, the reason I picked up this game was that uh, I did it because the music was extremely slow on my flashcard when I would use the ROM. And I thought, oh man, this must be a bad ROM. I tried like three different ROMs. One of them just didn't even work. One had, and two others, sorry, had uh, really slow music. And so I was like, man, I'm going to have to buy the original cartridge. So Starland gets a nice complete complete in-box copy. It's like mint. And I get it home. I pop it in. Music is slow as crap. It's just the version. (laughs) It's just the game. (laughs) Because I've I've had like ROM issues on the flashcard where music doesn't operate right. Or maybe it's the PAL version. And, well, see, the music would be sped up in that case. But uh, it's... uh, But anyway, I have it. I think it's actually a really, really solid shooter by uh, Toplan. And uh, Toplan made some really great games back in the day. Uh, I believe they did Truxton. I think they did Fire Shark. They did uh, Twin Cobra, which is one of my favorites on the Genesis. And um, they would later do Batsugun for Saturn, which I want to say was their final game. And um, so it's it's really good. Uh, I definitely recommend checking it out, Chris, if you ever see it. Um Sadly, I think I have seen it, and I I just did not know it was a shmup. Yeah, if you see it again, definitely pick it up. Um, What's funny is a few weeks prior to that, I actually picked up the PC Engine CD version because I did get a PC Engine Super CD-ROM attachment for my Super Graphics, uh, which I did a video on not too long ago. You guys can see that. And um, I picked up Hellfire on that thinking it would be a good alternative to the Genesis version because I was playing the arcade version on MAME quite a bit. And uh, I get it, and it's actually kind of average. It's not really the best port out there. The Genesis version I got just beats the crap out of the PC Engine CD version. It's just a much more faithful conversion. Um, plays plays nice. It's difficult. It's fast. I don't really think there's any slowdown. Maybe a little bit. Not that much, though. So... Solid game overall, though, on the Genesis and Arcade. Not so great on the PC Engine CD, if you ask me. I would avoid it if you uh, 
have one of those systems. Sadly, it's not so. available in the Philips CDI. <laughs> Even if it was, it would be horrible. It would be terrible. <laughs> uh, but with that, I, I have actually haven't um, picked up that much. I mean, I've uh, been trying to take it easy in terms of games. Like I mentioned uh, on our last episode, I, I picked up an iPad. So I've been catching up with some games there, like some pinball games. I found out that they released uh, Last Gladiator's Pinball on it. Uh, so naturally, I bought that and was disappointed to find that I spent $5 for one table, uh, which was the Gladiator's table. And the other three tables, I think, are like five bucks a piece as well. Uh, are those so, updated or the original? No, it's well, it's actually they're the original tables, but they're the uh, Last Gladiators point ninety seven versions. Um, remember, like the really rare sort of mail order only yeah, release. Yeah, Japanese. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, which it basically adjusts the uh, the physics of the flippers, and I think that's it. Uh, it makes it really difficult to just shoot that center ramp of the gladiator table over and over and over. And actually, now that I think about it, it almost makes it impossible to hit that ramp uh, from a cradle or even the ball rolling through the lane really fast. Yeah. So uh, the versions you see on the iPad or the iOS uh, are the 9.7 versions. So if you can't get the uh, last gladiator's .97 for the Saturn because it's rare, and it is, it's hard to get. Uh, you can at least, if you want to see what that game feels like, you can play the iOS version, which is kind of cool. So, expensive though. I mean, ugh, five bucks a table, you're spending $20 for a game that you could spend $5 on for just the standard Last Gladiators release. And uh, it's just a better buy, in my opinion, the $5 versus the 20 <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I've been catching up with games on my, my iPad, though, too, which has been fun. So, picked up some shmups, like the PC port of Tyrion, and uh, I was tempted to pick up the Raiden Legacy, or Raiden Legacy, but I was like, you know what, I have it on uh, <laughs> the PC, and it kind of sucks. I probably shouldn't buy it for the iPad. I've been trying to uh, <laughs> show some discipline and uh, resist from buying it. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with that, I, I guess uh, you, you want to go ahead and wrap things up? Sure, absolutely. All right. Uh, I don't know how to wrap it up. Austin, everybody should visit ImplantGames.com. Chris. All right. I got distracted. <laughs> I was thinking you're talking about digital downloads, and I'm like, man, I haven't eaten in uh, eight hours. I could use some food. And then he started talking about digital yeah. downloads. I'm like, oh, yeah, I bought a couple games on the Roku I wanted to talk about. But I'm <laughs> hungry, so I'll save it till next time. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. Head over to implantgames.com. Leave a comment on this episode, or feel free to request some topics to be talked about next time we record, be it two weeks to two months from now um two weeks it'll be two weeks we'll hear <laughs> you off. finished it up chris right. i'm bad at hey, plantgames.com follow us on facebook twitter visit austin on youtube youtube.com slash austin or on facebook uh search for gameplay and talk and uh we'll see you all again in two weeks see you guys later <laughs>